0: I'm not blind. I saw that look in your eye in my office.
1: What look? That judgmental look. That wasn't judgment, that was shock. I thought we were having lunch. Are you telling
0: me you have no judgment about me and the Worldwide Express guy?
1: No judgment. But I do have a question Will this relationship be priority overnight or next day delivery? <sighs> Oh, come on, Samantha, lighten up, remember?
0: If I walked in on you, giving a blowjob to a worldwide Express guy- You
1: would never walk in on me because it's something I would never do.
0: There. And I cannot believe you would judge me after everything we've been through.
1: Samantha, where are you
0: going? I'm going to splash some water on my face, and then I'm going home. And I will not be judged by you or society. I will wear whatever, and blow whomever I want, as long as I can breathe and kneel.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Hostel43 Podcast. For the second part of our Sex and the City review, we talk about female friendships and sisterhood, we break down what it truly means to be sexually liberated, among other things, and the legacy these four women living in New York left behind. So stay tuned, have fun, and happy listening.
0: Yeah, um, I, also, yeah I also think it's interesting that um, Miranda ended up with Steve. I was going to say, this is one of my major criticisms of the show, is that all four women ended up with someone at the end. And I did not think that would happen. <laughs> like,
1: I thought the worst for one me was
0: Carrie and mr big oh yeah but i i thought i thought that one of them would be single is what i mean it's not like who they yeah. ended up with but the fact that they all had someone because like mm. i feel like even statistically i like, think i don't know that that always happens like a lot of people are just single for their entire lives pretty much they yeah. like, don't have a serious partner and so i thought miranda if you had asked me on like episode one i would have said oh miranda is one person I can see being by herself and like being happy and content with it but they gave they gave her a man um
1: at the end which I would would have wanted not wanted but if I I would have written Charlotte or Carrie to be the one without a man at the end
0: really Charlotte would have died I don't think she would have been able to
1: she would have died both of them for different reasons because I mean i feel like shara is just someone who enjoys being in relationship. i mean she would just like she enjoys that kind of whatever but i would have written that for her to i don't know because she would have had if she ended up alone if i had written Mm -hmm. that especially end up alone then there definitely would have been an an arc of her just coming to be content with herself Mm -hmm. not that she wasn't before but just even more so and just you know realizing that because like she was working towards getting married and being in a new, new relationship but just yeah i love written an art for her where she realized that you know that's not necessary just enjoying dating or even just being single and by her, like there's oh, so no. much she, yeah so then for carrie um a different reason that when we get to her like i might okay. go into, I, I yeah. will, i'll remember to go into that more why mm-hmm. i would have wanted her to end up alone yeah. Yeah. I don't think Charlotte would have been able to handle being alone.
0: But uh, I think Miranda would have been cool because like she's the most, you know, we said ambitious one and she seems the most content being by herself, which I yeah. love. And again, something I identify with. And she buys an apartment by herself. That's, you know, a big thing for her because she's a single woman in her 30s. And she's buying this apartment in New York on the Upper West Side, I think. Mm -hmm. So that must be pricey. And it's such a big accomplishment. But when she's signing the papers, everyone keeps saying, oh, is it just you in this apartment? Is it just you? And, you know, she resents that whole thing and later has a breakdown about her cat eating her when she dies and <laughs> <laughs> actually never mind yeah, well i kind of liked it that because it showed that you know she had some layers you know like she was obviously very confident but every now and then you have these doubts you're like oh i'm actually doing the right thing in my life you know by being single or yeah
1: no not her it just it's such a common fear with cat oh, owners that the okay. oh, yeah. cat will eat eat them. And I remember that I read an article saying that yeah, your cats would eat you if you died. Yeah, I'm like, okay, never mind. Now I know. Like I remembered <laughs> why.
0: Yeah, cats are they're vicious, but um. So I did some research, some googles, and I found a 2018 survey of single people in England and Wales, and like the average ages for people getting married now or as of 2018 was actually quite high so for men marrying women the average age age was 38.1 years old then for women marrying men it was 35.8 years old which was kind Hmm. of age that Miranda was in so I don't know why everyone was fucking panicking (laughs) um and then for men marrying men it was 40.4 years and women marrying women it was 36.9 years so everyone's like in their 30s mid 30s to 40s early 40s mm-hmm. so then so is it like a myth that you should be married by 25 like where are they <laughs> is it just an urban legend because the numbers are showing us that people are getting married later and later in life and I don't think there's anything wrong with that
1: I so think some depression. of it is like older people giving advice that they wish they had like because mm-hmm. it's older older people would like, that's primarily where the advice comes from right they say oh get married when you're younger yeah. but then when you do the math and look at when they got married they didn't even get married that young some of them got married in their late 20s but then they'll be saying oh make sure you start having kids when you're early 20s like you didn't even do that so i mean i guess okay on one hand they do because they have the experience they would know what is better in some cases but mm. like they didn't even do that They're they're Telling you to do as they say, rather as they did, rather than as they did. Yeah, pretty much just added my mom right now. Um, <laughs> I don't
0: want to expose her. <laughs> like you said, a lot of this pressure from older people probably trying to give you unsolicited advice. First of all, and then advice that is based on fairy tales. Like, have you seen the markets right now? Have you seen the dating pool? <laughs> it's not. It's not a pool you want to dive into, sis. Exactly. <laughs> Where am I supposed to find this man, please? Um
1: no, but just especially- know, listen, They really talk about, oh, just get married as if it's just beans like that. Like, <laughs> okay, there are steps to get there. I, I'm not even in a talking shit with anybody, and you're saying get married as if I can just pluck anybody out of thin air. Like, first of all, we both have to want to get married to each other. There isn't right. really anyone I want to get married to i don't even know if there's someone that wants to get married to me like why do you keep forgetting that you're going to get married? like that there's someone that needs to get wants to get married that needs to want to get married to me too so before we get married like, why do you keep know. acting as if marriage is just a one person thing that i'm solely in control of?
0: i don't know i think i think they think too highly of me i think they think i'm like the hottest thing out here and like i could just <laughs> step down the street <laughs> put my ankle out you know
1: (laughs) boys
0: just the floodgates would open and tons of men would be rushed it's like girl i don't know what maybe it's different your generation but it doesn't work that way (laughs) these days um as a woman because people always say that women have so many options options yeah more more men are like putting themselves out there pursuing women Mm -hmm. than there are women who are like open to men and stuff but it's not about quantity it's about quality i can have okay let's say i have 20 dudes now if i walk into a room there are 20 dudes who are like oh she's attractive i want to be with her and like a man like my brother walks into a room and there are 10 women who are like oh i'm into him from that 20 that group of 20 men that into me maybe five of them (laughs) i would consider whereas for my brother for the 10 women he probably have seven that he's like all right I, I if not the whole ten, so it's mm-hmm. like he actually has more options than if you really think yeah. about it. Because I'm just getting a lot of trash. <laughs> there, there is
1: trash in this dating pool. Exactly, like the guys would even like yeah. <laughs> even though they might be seeking more, but mm. what exactly are they even seeking for? Because mm. when wow, I just rhymed bars first. <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> so. Like yeah okay there's um whether it's statistically or you know there's more single men that are searching for women but then okay when you look at who exactly they're searching for we just talked about how men tend to go for much younger women like because like, you also forget, a lot of men would also be in relationships too. So that takes yeah. a huge chunk of, like, every time they do that, because I've seen it in a couple of shows or movies now where they do the math of saying, okay, here are peanuts or something to represent oh, yeah, all the men. And thing. then you remove half, and it's like half are married or this, or then you now the ones that aren't into women. And then yeah. move the ones that are your age. Like It's always so funny because you just go from all the peanuts in the bag to literally a quarter of peanuts or something all the nuts to none of the nuts <laughs> <None> of <them. laughs> to like two nuts maybe And um, back
0: to miranda miranda gets pregnant by um steve her mm-hmm. on and off boyfriend friend person and i think that was good for her character i liked her being pregnant even though it's not something she necessarily saw for herself but i think you know, it allowed her to grow and to be maternal. Cause that's something she was worried about, you know, can I be a good mom? Can I be maternal? But like, she always was maternal, like in the friend group, she kind of is the mom of the group. Right. Yeah. But for some reason she didn't, I guess she just doubted herself as, you know, a mother to an actual like infant. So I was happy when she got pregnant and she had the baby and she actually saw for herself that she could be a good mom, and I think that was, you know, something that she found rewarding. I also liked that they talked about abortion and you know the possibility of having an abortion because there's so much discourse around abortion now. Um, till this day, it's still illegal in so many places, and you know, and it's so, it's so dumb. Like, let people <laughs> let people choose, man. The right again, feminism. The pro-choice?
1: Because <laughs> I live in Texas now where, you know, oh, we we'll need we'll we'll abortion rights are being being discussed and in danger. And it's like, it's literally 2021 about to be 2022. <laughs> is this really still something we're discussing? Really? This okay. shit
0: was so exhausting. Like, and, and I think it was also interesting that like, she's, you know, the feminist one, we kind of said, and she considers abortion, but she ultimately doesn't do it because she, you know, she chooses to keep the baby. And I feel like that kind of, in a way, reinforces the pro-choice movement because like, it's mm-hmm. not like pro-abortion. Like everyone just loves abortion. <laughs> you can be a feminist and you can be a smart, independent woman and also have a baby. Like the two do not have to be mutually exclusive. <laughs> so yeah. again, I really like that she had a baby and, you know, they had a really nice storyline between, um, miranda and charlotte's because that was a very tense time because charlotte was ha- trying to have a baby and she just found out that she had fertility issues and there was like a 15 percent chance that she would ever get pregnant and then here's miranda with the, <laughs> with the full you know fetus inside of her talking about i think i might abort it and that that was actually so awkward to watch <laughs> but it was so entertaining it was such drama and i feel like um, how that storyline was resolved really just like reinforced their friendship, and again made me love Charlotte and yeah. Miranda mm-hmm. because I remember that episode. Um, Charlotte and Miranda bumped into each other on the streets, and then Charlotte told Miranda, "Oh, I'm I'm probably never going to be a mother, and here you are, you know, trying to abort a baby. I just need like space, and so I'm gonna go home right now." And then Miranda followed Charlotte home. Mm-hmm. Carrie says the line of, um, "Even though Charlotte didn't look back." She knew Miranda followed her like all the way to her front door. And I just think that's so beautiful. And like the friendship these women have is so amazing mm-hmm. that even when they're on like two opposite sides of you know the spectrum, they're still supporting each other. Um, and that in itself shows Miranda's maternal instincts. Like her friend was in trouble, needed her emotionally. And she was like, I'm going to be
1: by your side or behind you every step of the way.
0: And I love them. <laughs>
1: In watching this and witnessing the bond that these women had and the way their friendship was written it made it so remember when we were talking about vampire diaries and i was saying that i mm. didn't really get the feeling of sisterhood like obviously we knew bonnie elena and caroline were best friends and you know they definitely had scenes and moments together to show that they were best friends mm-hmm. but then i didn't really feel it the way i felt the male relationships were formed and established in watching this I got what I f- felt like I didn't get like that sisterhood I was looking for I didn't mm-hmm. get. I definitely got it from this and that was what I felt I thought was missing or lacking in Vampire Diaries.
0: yeah yeah definitely this show another reason why I love it the sisterhood the friendship like these women are their relationship with one another is really the love story in the entire show and it runs throughout from season one to season six how they're always constantly there for each other yeah um even in the most difficult times and I feel like with the show like Vampire Diary the focus was more on teen romance and romantic you know boy girls heterosexual stuff there's even a part where Carrie's crying about not having a man and you know she's being vulnerable and saying oh I, I love my life but sometimes I wish I had you know a soulmate person mm-hmm. and charlotte's oh charlotte man charlotte is like oh don't laugh at me but maybe we can be each other's soulmates and like she says it in such a sweet like innocent way and they all just smile and they're like yeah like we'll be each other's soulmates and you know the men can just come and go and be add-ons but we're each other's rock you know like core yeah and I really like that because I think friendship is so important and so many times society over prioritizes romantic love, over platonic love, and it's like you can get so much more love and um care and you know and support from your friends than your lover. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> Boobs be mature. Right? Never <laughs> never too old to be saying you
1: the word lover. I hate that word so much. Uh, Ooh, there's
0: the storyline with Blair Underwood. You know the black guy. Yeah, I don't him. I think I first saw him in. I don't know. I've seen him and stuff. He's he's around. Yeah, he's always he's usually kind of the bad guy though. I I don't know why he's always the bad guy, but anyways, sidebar. He's a very handsome man. Very attractive definitely he and he's kind of aged well i saw him in Ooh, i saw him in love life i don't know if you've seen that probably not but um mm-hmm. season two yeah he was in there in a small role and he, he he's kind of aged well actually he doesn't look bad um he still kind of looks the same but blair underwood in 1999 or whenever the fuck they filmed <laughs> I understand why Miranda was <laughs>
1: <laughs> hypnotized. Wait, he was in music exec, or was that... That was him, right? No, that wasn't him. That was... He okay. was the... oh the other black guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow. <I guess>. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that story, I guess, because we're already in Miranda, and it's part of storyline. We've been gushing about the show thus far and how we love it so much. But, um... <laughs> One of the moments we didn't love, especially as two Black women, was the portrayal of Black men and Black women, well, one Black woman in particular, on the show. With Miranda's character, she had um, a short affair, relationship, with Blair Underwood's character, um, who is the Black guy that lived in her apartment building. Mm -hmm. And... Do you do you want to go first? How how did that how did that storyline make you feel? Boobs.
1: Well, not just how they portrayed black people, but the way they the way they tackled stereotypes because mm. gay characters, oh, in, yes, uh, Carrie's best friend and then Charlotte's best friend and then the fact that it's like they literally used two op- contrasting and opposing stereotypes in one with those <laughs> two gay guys. Like I don't know how they pulled it off, but they did actually no they didn't pull this off because it was a mess clearly mm. so, yeah yeah they definitely um i don't i'm guessing that the
0: team at, behind the scenes was very caucasian um, oh, and very sorry. straight
1: <laughs> very very straight um and it but shows it's based, it's based on a book series by Candice bushnell and she's mm-hmm. a white woman but they create the uh creator of the show or the director of the show or the guy doing the show is a white guy called darren star. star yeah um so miranda breaks up
0: with steve her and steve are no longer together and then this handsome black man played by blair underwood moves into her apartment and she quickly starts a relationship with him yeah and i think what was weird about it is that it felt very fetishy Mm-hmm. it was the I can never say this word for, fetishization <laughs> <laughs> of of the black man like I don't understand why they couldn't just be in a relationship you know and it, that just be that I don't know why his race had to come like play into it randomly like yeah. they, they had dialogue where she was talking with the girls and somebody said oh yeah your handsome black doctor and I was like why would this black even need to be in the sentence? Like, why can't it just be your handsome or your doctor? Like we know, like we can see it was like, that was part of the appeal was not just the fact that he's a doctor, which, you know, obviously everyone's like, Oh, doctors are so smart and rich and you know, that's appealing. Or he was handsome, you know, whatever. But it was like, he was black was also a bonus, but I don't know Mm -hmm. why exactly. Except, you know, some other stereotype that they like to talk about, which yeah. was actually the case with the first black guy that sh-
1: appeared on the show who was like a rap producer or some, something. The guy dating Samantha. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Samantha. And and then his sister, who the black exec, um, had a sister who owned a restaurant, a yeah. soul food restaurant. And it was like, why was it specifically a soul food restaurant? And then the not is a thing because that... um the sister didn't want his her brother dating samantha because she didn't like the idea of him dating a white woman Mm -hmm. and it's like not that these things don't exist like kind of like when when i mentioned the fact that the that burger burger guy that carrie dated you know Mm when he became insecure like these things definitely happen like Mm -hmm. it's not not like it's fake and was pulled out of nowhere but it felt unnecessary to make it happen like, for the burger guy, I mean, she dated so many other people. It could have been any, any one of them. She even dated another writer. Mm. So they didn't need to make him, him. And then in this, the Samantha case with the guy, with the um, music exec and then his sister, like, you are writing from a white person's perspective. And it shows that you don't Ugh. know enough to write about yeah. it when you're writing about it. So, like, why is that what stands out? Of, like, you don't even have diversity in your show. And then the first black woman of some prominence that shows up is like, oh, she doesn't want her brother dating a white woman. You know, that is what's, is going to stand out about her. Exactly. And, and also the fact that she owns a soul food restaurant. And then I guess the next time a black guy of, of some prominence shows up is that you're also fetishizing him. And then there was this, they just had a weird issue with stereotypes and race. And cause there was another incident with, um, that asian woman i've forgotten how that story what that played into but it was like she was subservient. She that, the subserv- subservient asian woman who was like submissive and all and then when the possible master wasn't around she was like really uh horrible towards the other women and and that were yeah inside, she was very possessive and and very very pr- possessive of him and it's like just really just attacking attacking these stereotypes as if you're collecting them like Pokemon balls or something. It's like, hello, <laughs> Pokemon Go, yeah. <laughs> but with racial stereotypes. I want to. I
0: almost want to say it's a, a byproduct of the times and the fact that it was the 90s. But no that's not even an excuse because they were so revolutionary when it came to so many other ideas particularly regarding sex and they were pushing the boundaries when it came to feminism even but when it comes to race like race always seems to be the last one of the last social movements (laughs) that that gets off the ground or like people want to implement you know and actually take seriously the racial stuff was so terrible and i think even in the show you can see a slight evolution because the first black guy the music exec guy and his black sister who was like the angry black woman essentially
1: yeah
0: they that was so blatant like (laughs) like the the stereotypes and the racism was so terrible because the music exec guy was dating Samantha and she literally had a line where she talks about, Oh, his big black cock. Like she literally says that. (laughs) And it's like, wow. Okay. Um, sure. (laughs) Like I know this is an edgy comedy thing. And I think the, the line itself wasn't even what was so offensive because like it was part of a joke because I think she said, Black before and Charlotte said something. Oh, you should say African American, not black. And so Samantha mm-hmm. said, "Oh, big black cock." And then Miranda said, "It's African American cock." So like I can see like the joke or whatever. Like I think you can still write that sort of dialogue today, in in a show that airs today. But it's the fact that the whole episode <laughs> was was just about him being a black man and this being the first black man, Samantha, is like dating and she goes to the rap club and she's speaking in AAVE slash Ebonics. And it's just like making a whole mockery and spectacle of blackness and like hip hop and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. The whole thing was so gross. The fact that like at the end of the episode, the sort of resolution was that, oh, this black woman the sister of the guy is the one who has the problem Mm because she's like being racist and not that the fact that samantha has an issue because she's fetishizing (laughs) this black man was wild to me it's like how did you guys mess up the ending of this episode like how is this the moral of the story here it's so messed up
1: Um,
0: yeah and you're right like they obviously had no black writers because even the black woman being an angry black woman she actually made a point where she talks about um i don't want my brother he's my only brother and i don't want him dating a white girl Mm -hmm. and i feel like they could have given her a very smart and eloquent argument about how samantha was obviously a culture vulture (laughs) and like samantha was coming in here trying to be black and she obviously wasn't like about it like she didn't know anything about it and she wasn't going to contribute she was just going to like have fun in the black side of new york yeah so they could have written her like dialogue but they just made her angry like (laughs) they just made her angry and she never really said why and
1: they just had fights (laughs) and exactly because again these things definitely happen there are people who would say stuff like that but it wouldn't when it happens in real life there are legit reasons for Mm -hmm. why you know a girl a woman wouldn't want her only brother to date a white woman like it wouldn't just be because on the show, it kind of seemed like that, that she was the one being petty and unreasonable mm-hmm. and just, like, obsessed with race. But, like, in real life, if that were to happen, there would be a legit reason, a valid reason, and that would be a reason that makes sense. Not just, you know, oh, I just don't want him to date a white woman because, uh, you know, that's the stereotype. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And this idea of maybe she was jealous or something, you know, the black woman mm-hmm. being jealous of the white woman. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just it's and it's it was just weird. So that was like blatantly terrible. Oh, but there was it kind of got better slightly when it came to the black guy with Miranda. There was a little less emphasis on his blackness and like they still made references to it like i said the handsome black doctor line but at least it wasn't like big black cock (laughs) like you can see that they had started to you know maybe gain some awareness (laughs) that we shouldn't just refer to black men you know primarily that way Mm -hmm. and but it was still very cringe like they even made blair underwood say some line to miranda about oh i know you like chocolate Ugh, i gagged i i was like (laughs) like Oh, it made me cringe. It made me physically cringe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so many things about this shit made me cringe. It
0: was so bad. It was so bad. Terrible negligence on their part because there were black people around that at that time. Fresh Prince of Bel Air was a hit like in the 90s. You had uh, black writers, a different world, you know. Cosby, well, we don't like talk about that one, but you know, the Cosby show <laughs> was a thing, you know. I'm sure they could have, if they wanted to, they could have included black people in the process. And I mean, more. they definitely
1: didn't want to. Yeah, they just didn't give a shit. Even it was with- in the era of Friends, and Friends too gets less of criticism uh, for not yeah. being diverse. But even with Friends, I can't because I actually did watch Friends on, on like this one, but mm-hmm. I can't even think of when, like when they because they had um like I know Ross stated a black woman at a point in time, and. Yeah. Yeah, but when they would have um they were never as explicitly racist as they were on the show mm-hmm. when they decided to include their diversity. So I guess kudos to them, but it's still they, they didn't want to be diverse.
0: Yeah, I mean. They could have
1: been. There was living single, you
0: know, that was a hit like they could have found people. Anyways. Yeah, they they just and I, I, it's a HBO. They were probably trying to be edgy, and you know they always made all these vulgar jokes and statements. But it's like, who like who's the punchline here? Like, what exactly is the joke? You know, often the minorities, you know, like the Asian woman being the kind of the stereotypical subservient. Oh yeah, and the gay best friends they get a lot of criticism for that. Yeah. They were one of the pioneers of the G B F trope with uh, Stanford Blatch only a side character. He he was Carrie's like handbag sort of, he would just follow her around and he wasn't even really in the clique. <laughs> it was, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was just full of stereotypes. And you know, in the movies, he ends up with Charlotte's gay best friend.
1: Yeah, like the, the stereotype of, well, trope rather, rather not stereotype, well, the trope of the only two gay characters around, Getting together and marrying each other. I was like, I mean, I guess, okay, since there's literally no other gay person, they would get married. But first of all, they live in New York, so there were definitely more gay people around. Right. But on the show, okay. And then the fact that they hated each other, which is another um trope where, you know, the only two gay characters mm. wouldn't get along. So, like, they hated each other and then they got married. Like, why are you forcing these two people together? Why?
0: they were doing an an enemies to lovers trope (laughs) they were just trying to do but we didn't even like see it because they weren't main characters Mm -hmm. i don't know i mean i I wasn't alive i mean i was alive but i wasn't really cognizant (laughs) of the world at that time so i don't know what tv was really like but i'm sure in some ways just having these gay men on screen was a big deal um Mm -hmm. especially because I think Stanford had a couple of storylines where we actually got to see a bit of his love life, and you know he had boyfriends that would show up, and there were so many, there were so many scenes of the women having sex with men, but I don't, I can't remember one man-on-man scene.
1: Yeah, because uh, for a show called Sex and and City, it didn't handle sex all that well, <laughs> and like even sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. I mean, in I guess with the way it handled our four straight white women's love lives and sex uh, sexual situations, mm-hmm. it did a good job with that. But like that is not even t- touching the surface of what's of you know mm-hmm. the larger conversation of sex and sexuality. Um, like when uh Carrie dated that guy who was bisexual. And it's it's not just this show that fell victim to that. So many, so much Mm -hmm. media up until recently did that, where they would invalidate bisexuality, Mm -hmm. basically saying, "Oh, it's not a real thing." And like that's what they did there. And especially for and the fact that it was Carrie who had that storyline. You know, Carrie. I mean, apart from Samantha, she was also. she was someone who who you would think wouldn't be as close-minded as she was in that situation mm-hmm. and then the way that was resolved it was like it wasn't it wasn't resolved well because like the resolution of that was basically her it was basically trying to make us feel like she wasn't the right for being concerned or worried yeah. because like uh after she found out he was by, it was like oh now she just sees she's to she feels threatened by the entire world because you know he's essentially saying mm-hmm. he's attract he's attracted to anyone, and it's like they did they've shown that so many times and it's like it just doesn't make any sense, and yeah, they didn't handle a lot of things well and that this is one of those things some people would make the argument that I kind of alluded to, like, oh, maybe having gay people or
0: bi people or trans people is, you know, revolutionary or like good in and of itself, like at least they're having they're being visible. But like if you're going to portray them in such a detrimental way and basically insult their orientation and identities, then don't have them at all. Like don't yeah. like don't even include them. If you're only going to introduce a bisexual man to talk about how he's double dipping and how he's greedy and he wants everything, like like just don't like don't even talk about it. Yeah. With Samantha uh who, you know, is a trisexual. She'll try anything once. Um, she has a brief relationship with a woman, you know, and it's her first lesbian relationship is what, you know, they called it, which is interesting because Samantha obviously likes penis, but then mm-hmm. when she ha- was in relationship with a woman, they were like, oh, now she's fully a lesbian. So you, even in that, there was bi erasure. Like, she was never referred to as a bisexual, which, yeah. is so, which is so... That's such a weird agenda to have. But anyway... <laughs> Um, so Samantha went from loving dicks, you know, all her life to being a full lesbian. They really dropped the ball on that. On so many things. Up. Yeah. And the transgender episode where Samantha was, um, she couldn't sleep at night because the transgender prostitutes on her street were making a lot of noise. And so she uh-huh. had a bit of conflict with them and they kept referring to them as half and half mm-hmm. <laughs> like throughout the episode even in Carrie's voiceovers she would talk about oh but this this woman was a man and this <laughs> was half woman and i'm like what, what the fuck is this like i get what they were trying to say cuz again this is comedy so like sometimes uh, i can like i can like see the joke kind of but that's such a dangerous stereotype it's so yeah. and we're still dealing with trans violence today so that has clearly not improved yeah (laughs) and black trans women in particular are dying at alarming rates in america because of this sort of backwards thinking so like it's actually really it's really gross that you know sex in the city included some of that rhetoric Mm. (laughs) Yikes. okay um moving on (laughs) samantha Everyone's. I'm. We're both Samantha's yes. <laughs>
1: we're both Samanthas. Apparently, yeah. I'm so much of a Samantha. Mm.
0: So, do you want to talk about your Samantha ness? How do you? Because I talked about relating to Miranda. So, how do you identify yeah. with Samantha?
1: That's the thing, because I actually didn't. Don't really think I identify with her. At least, I don't think I identify with her any more so than I identify with any of the other characters. Or well, I mean, actually, I don't identify with Miranda all that much. I just admire certain things about her. So I guess Miranda is like at the bottom of people I identify with <coughs> when it comes to the four of them. But um, because like, okay, in, in when it comes to how it's like she's you know adventurous, she's not. She's very out there and outspoken, and I don't think I'm particularly outspoken. Mm-hmm. She's very um, she's not quiet about like when it comes to her sexual um habits or just her attitude attitude towards sex in general is like she's not afraid to speak out and be open about it and I'm like I hate yeah. talking about sex it's yeah uh, oh really I didn't well I didn't, why I mean it obviously
0: doesn't um it obviously why we do this episode people. like why
1: yeah halfway through the episode, you're like, I actually hate talking about sex. After I've saying the word vagina and penis like 8,000 times. But but that's just biology, really. If you think yeah, that. really, yeah. So, I mean, I guess nowadays I'm not, it's not like I hate, like, in the past I used to hate it, and now it still makes me uncomfortable, and like, obviously I'm not going to be comfortable talking about other people I don't know, or yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't like It's one of the things I really identified with Charlotte on, you know, She's not all that comfortable talking about us in public. Uh, so, um, I mean, that's not all about, like, that's not the crux of Samantha's character. So, uh. yeah, and, like, even, even her positive attributes, like, they're not things I identify with. They're more things I admire about her and things I wish I had. So, like, I don't particularly get why BuzzFeed has <laughs> Yeah. Yeah yeah it's BuzzFeed so yeah. it might also be right if I was taking like a in more in depth quiz. But mm. Samantha is like was the one character that I don't know okay, no, let me not say that. Because there's certain things like how she is no okay, no but even like how she's not afraid to like say her mind or anything. Mm. I don't even think I'm like that. Like I would wa- I would hope I want to be like that, but yeah. I'm definitely not like that at all. But that's another thing where she has done, it, and I think that's a positive attribute of hers that mm-hmm. I don't have.
0: Okay, with Samantha, because I also got Samantha. I got a mix of Samantha and Miranda. Yeah. Um. So I do think I identify with her a little bit with the things you said of being like outspoken and stuff and talking about sex. And I don't, I don't talk about my sex life
1: <laughs> that
0: mm-hmm. openly because I am kind of a private person. Um, but I don't know why you're smiling. <laughs> oh, I was just looking. Oh, <laughs> Why are you thinking? <laughs> this is like really after all the shit you've said on this podcast, you want, claim, <laughs> you want to claim to be private. But no, I think yeah, I don't really. I wouldn't really talk about my sex life that much, but I do talk about sex pretty openly because I I think a lot of people treat sex like it's such a taboo topic, and I don't. I've never understood why. <laughs> Mm -hmm. like it's such a normal natural thing like everyone has sex literally you are here because people had sex unless you're a test tube baby which is maybe like 0.001 percent of the global population you are here because two people a penis went inside the vagina sex is very common and natural and we should all be able to talk about it and i feel like when you don't talk about it that's when people have these misconceptions and you know misinformation that can actually hurt them or oh, like when you're in primary school and someone tells you oh you can get pregnant if a boy touches your back or <laughs> <laughs> and you're like oh, really and <laughs> and then you're not running away from, like oh no I don't want to touch you you're like well or boys have cooties or all these stupid dumb things that we believe as kids yeah. which are like funny now but you'd be surprised how many stupid misconceptions people still carry into adolescence their teen years and into adulthood you know women thinking that sex is supposed to be painful for example it's like it's that's the last thing you want (laughs) like yeah the last thing it should be is you're supposed to be having the time of your life multiple (laughs) orgasms all right that's what you're supposed to be expecting not thinking that oh you're supposed to be having a shit time um so i think sex education is like so important and that's why i love talking about it (laughs) if we use that word yeah i like talking about it in uni i joined the um society uh volunteer group called sex so expressions but like with sex and basically we'd go we'd volunteer our time to go to sixth form schools and secondary schools in the area and like give the kids a sex talk and talk yeah. to them about contraception and, you know, STIs and consent. That was a big one. You know, this consent is very important. And I love the character of Samantha because Samantha really embodies sex positivity, open-mindedness. And, and I love that for her. She's almost everyone's favorite character or in everyone's like top two or whatever. But although people love the idea of Samantha in theory, <laughs> when they are confronted by Samantha in real life, It's a completely different story. Yeah. These are the girls who get slut-shamed constantly, all day, every day, just for being themselves and, you know, doing what feels good to them.
1: I think it's because people like Samantha or characters like Samantha, because they, she kind of expresses and lives out what most people Mm. aren't aren't confident they're comfortable expressing so they like her because she's like living out their innermost desires or thoughts or whatever mm-hmm. but i mean there's like there is a reason why they aren't living out those innermost desires and thoughts mm-hmm. and expressions so it's in theory they like her but then when confronted with the reality they don't like it because like they're literally keeping it keeping that situation Mm -hmm. hidden hidden within them Mm -hmm. so at least that's my theory i don't know whether it's it's, may or may not be the case the whole um but people who are who call themselves blunt or people who are like you know real quote-unquote oh i don't hold back i'm unfiltered it's like there are situations where that is nice but then Mm. there are other situations in fact in most other cases (laughs) there's a reason why people do filter themselves like, because sometimes everybody could be thinking the same thing, but then only one person would be brave enough to say what everyone is thinking. And there are cases where, yeah, we need that one person to voice our thoughts. But then mm-hmm. in other cases, like, there's a reason we are not saying it because it's, like you shouldn't. So, mm-hmm. like, Samantha is like, the embodiment of that. So. Okay,
0: that's interesting. So, I'm going to ask you about the the delivery guy storyline. You know, when Carrie and Samantha are teaming up to do a magazine shoot thing and then Carrie goes to Samantha's office and she finds Samantha on her knees blowing the delivery FedEx Amazon Prime man. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm kind of conflicted because I can see both sides of that. So Carrie's immediately like, what the fuck, you know, Mm -hmm. what's going on? And she kind of judges Samantha and Samantha's like, you know. (laughs) I love Samantha, man. Like, the actress is so perfect in that (laughs) role. Samantha goes on her whole rant of, you know, I will not be judged by you or society. Where do you fall? Like, how do you feel about that sort of situation? Do you think, oh, she should have censored herself? Or do you think, oh, like, it's Samantha? Like, it's
1: fine. (laughs) I felt, I mean, it's not even about. wasn't the guy on the job that was just inappropriate <laughs> that was the first thought in my mind yeah. you don't go he was literally on the job you don't go to the middle of a surgeon's room while he's operating to blow him just because you're sexually liberated it's like that's the one thing that annoys me with people who are like oh i'm so sexually free and liberated like yeah i don't give a fuck what you do you can you know spread every all your holes and have as many pieces and dicks inside as like I really don't give a fuck, mm. but it's like, <laughs> also, cause it's, it's also, you said sexual, sex is not a natural thing. Yeah. It's one of the most natural things on, on earth. That's literally how we're all here. So it's not, it's, it's not bad, it's just obviously there are certain things that you can't do in certain places. Mm. Well, okay, but in certain situations. Like, in in her, that it, it, case, I was case, like, she was on the job. But, in her defense,
0: it's very different to blowing a surgeon like while he's operating on some on someone's yeah. medulla oblongata like <laughs> you know he he's a delivery guy, and he was in her office, so it's her space also she didn't just like pounce on him, she offered and he accepted, and then she blew him so
1: yeah, it' was, yeah, it's almost not the same thing like no one's life is in danger and I mean. <laughs> She didn't. She didn't force him to stay. So he could have gone if he wanted. Like, clearly, they want to go. Um. So, I mean, there wasn't anything like ethically wrong. There, yeah. Or legally wrong. I don't know. Whatever. Because again, it's like two willing parties. You know, people always say, "Oh, it doesn't matter as long as they are two willing parties." Like, yeah, it doesn't. But then, in this kind of case, like, that's re- you just really know the place for that. Like, mm. surely we can agree that they are like that there are times when things go too far even if it's too willing mm. adults oh, okay they're having sex nobody's stopping and i, I mean there was no cheating going on there i'm assuming they were both single at the time that is fine but this the wearer is uh. not in my opinion but yeah you know i mean she's fine with it he's also fine with it and maybe he was self-employed i don't know <laughs> He Maybe so. he owns FedEx or wherever he was oh, living for.
0: I just I can't believe that you think it's inappropriate to give someone a blow job in your office, like in the middle of the day. Like Yeah, like how Where else would I mean, come on, boot? <laughs>
1: so unreasonable.
0: So so unreasonable. The episode itself, like the writing was very much um came to the conclusion that it was inappropriate for her to do that. Cause then she walked in on Stanford and the dude, Oh my gosh. Yes. That is a, that is a scene of like uh gay uh, sexual activity. Oh, oh. So there is that one. Okay. I remember that
1: now. <laughs> I'm sorry. On the topic of sexual liberation and. Um, okay, Cause this one, that was back then. But if I can totally see Samantha as a youth you know, or if she had that same mindset when she was in her early twenties or late teens, just being on Twitter, being a free the everything like the whole free ble- like this isn't menstruation doesn't really it's not really, like about sex or anything but mm-hmm. it's kind of like how you know it's kind of either a tag along or it's kind of um goes with the whole sexual liberation movement but like stuff like free ble- bleeding. <laughs> It's like it's too far. I like I said, it doesn't. It's not about sex, but yeah, it's too far when it when when you like when it's you start doing that in public spaces. Like no one can tell you what to do with your body. Like I'm um, of that belief, mm-hmm. but this it doesn't just. like when you start doing that, it's not just about your body. It's about other people too, because you're free bleeding all over the public species.
0: Okay, I, uh, I can't see Samantha Jones being a free bleeder. Um, oh, <laughs> that, yeah, I don't think she would do that. Um, but she would definitely be at like a slut walk. <laughs> you know, yeah. she'd be marching. Actually, would she? I don't know if she'd find the time. <laughs> she'd probably be too busy, you know, getting her back blown out by somebody to even do that. But that would be more of her vibe. I think we I think we can all learn from Samantha, you know, we should all be shameless like her. Because I feel like shame holds us back a lot of the time because we're always thinking, oh For well, good what reason. Other people- no, no not always. Um I think sometimes for good reason. When does shame hold you back for for a good reason?
1: Shame, not like thinking about other people but like feeling shameful. Oh yeah, if I think of a situation I will say, but I think there are certain times when you should be embarrassed, yeah. She shouldn't be back. <laughs> you should be
0: embarrassed. <laughs> no. Um okay. If you get an STI, I don't think you should be embarrassed. You should say, like, you should tell people who need to know, like, your your past sexual partners, you should contact them because that's something Miranda had to do on the show. And I think a lot of people would be ashamed if they had yeah. to call up all their past lovers and tell them that they have chlamydia. And so they won't call up people. <laughs> and so their shame is actually hurting other people. But if mm-hmm. you're just, like, a bit shameless and, like, free, shame is when you internalize other people's expectations of you and other people's beliefs you know and stuff and that's usually not very
1: helpful in life well, just like that it definitely shouldn't hold you back um i mean because that's not a harmless situation if, you, if you're not telling your parasexual mm. partners that like, you have an sd like that is not harmless you're literally maybe potentially harming others in doing that so definitely not a situation where i think shame should hold you back i'll Mm. try and think of one
0: yeah if you think of one but um also i think shame often harms women especially when it comes to sex because a lot of women are feel shameful about shit that probably isn't like men have no shame and they're living
1: oh yeah men see sorry (laughs) sorry continue Continue. (laughs) like men (laughs) they need to be more shameful or shame
0: True, okay, when it comes, I think I was just thinking about women, yeah <laughs> men be more, no, but it's not even shape, it's like being considerate as well, like that's like they don't even men don't give a fuck about any, <laughs> especially when it comes to having sex and getting a nut and just like whatever, like they don't even care about you but i feel like oftentimes women are shameful and they're thinking oh my gosh my my boobs are disproportionate yeah <laughs> i don't know if i can oh i don't know if my vagina looks pretty today i don't know if i can do it
1: And it's like, go no one gives a fuck like who like who really cares like you should be ashamed of the fact that you have your all your underwear has skid marks <laughs> yeah <that's> you, <laughs> you should be very ashamed that's something you should be ashamed about yeah but that that's
0: also like hygiene see I feel like the shapes but anyways (laughs) that's also you know just like take care of yourself my guy what are you doing (laughs) I think it's interesting though because um Samantha is one of those characters that would have been very easy for her to become a like stereotype but they Mm -hmm. do write storylines where she is confronted with emotional things and then we get to see another layer of her like at Miranda's mother's funeral we got to see her oh like struggle with grief and you know we get the impression that she has issues maybe being vulnerable emotionally yeah and definitely with her relationships with Richard and Jerry (laughs) Gerard that actor dude but I think Oh, oh one thing i i didn't really understand was the whole richard storyline yeah like okay i get because samantha's always been anti-monogamy like she's like oh monogamy doesn't make sense why would mm-hmm. you want to get married that's awful you can be fabulous and single and fuck whoever you want and isn't that the best thing ever um so then when she falls in love with richard it's like okay she's catching feelings cool let's see how this plays out but then he like she then becomes so obsessed with him being faithful to her and she doesn't want him to be anyone else Mm -hmm. and I feel like if any character on the show would have had an open relationship or be like polyamorous it would have been Samantha (laughs) so I don't understand how like the writers didn't think to put that in
1: you are so poly like anti-monogamy and -hmm. polyamorous like what would be the issue if he was also seeing other people because i feel like it's maybe what she means is like oh she wants to see multiple people but then if the people she's seen are also seeing others then she'll get insecure and she doesn't like that i'm like that doesn't make sense and like yeah then not. really you're fighting for monogamy even though yeah. you're so against, so against it, because like you shouldn't be making you feel sad and insecure it doesn't make sense so apparently people like that do exist Lol she's fighting for the right to cheat
0: um (laughs) i know i'm trying to relate it back to samantha i'm like but even if this people like this exist but like what i don't know it still feels like a yeah but like why? (laughs) exactly yeah i just think it's strange that Mm -hmm. she wasn't you know in an open relationship it was very i yeah i thought that was odd because yeah. especially because people were swinging at that time they even mm-hmm. reference it on the show like they talk about swingers and mm-hmm. you know so, so i'm like why didn't samantha explore that with richard yeah. and even with her second boyfriend um smith Jared or jerry Gerard or whoever his name is she kind of gave him permission to sleep with other women but that's only because she was sick and you know she couldn't sleep with him and then she quickly withdrew the permission she's like actually maybe don't sleep with other women and i'm just (laughs) like i feel like samantha would actually not really care um speaking of her sickness they gave her cancer which was quite sad i
1: don't know i feel like she always did that where you know it's the final season or like we've done like several seasons now so let's throw in a cancer storyline (laughs) <laughs> cancer yeah. story. Like,
0: yeah, well, yeah. i mean it didn't feel
1: like there's i mean people do have cancer so it's not if and it's yeah. interesting that
0: it was breast cancer and not like aids um mm. <laughs> although i guess that might be a stereotype but not really because <laughs> oh. she was having a lot of sex so, yeah and she <laughs> there was actually an episode where they talked about how she didn't get an aids test and she had to be, like, talked up into going to the clinic and, you know, getting the test done. So her yeah. getting some serious STI might have been something
1: that would have been interesting or, like, realistic, at least. The When she overcame breast cancer, I mean, great for her. But mm-hmm. So I kind of wish her character would have decided to get a mastectomy or something. Mm. I feel like out okay. of cause I mean she never really expressed any desire to have kids. I think like wasn't she
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, no kids.
1: I mean was, although I think there was something else where there was a woman who like she didn't want to have kids. That was like not say so she didn't care, she just like she was she actually didn't want to have kids. But then she had to have a mastectomy and like obviously she had like it was a thing of where before she didn't want it and she still doesn't want it, but the fact that they're like, Oh now you physically can't have it yeah like she went through the, the, she had some emotions about that but i would have liked it's samantha had gone through something like that and decided to have a, a mastectomy because i feel like she was probably the only woman who would have who would have a mastectomy out of mm. the four of them so. really
0: okay she tried to get implants at one point <laughs> i think that's how she found out she got she had breast cancer
1: because
0: mm. mm. she actually tries to make her boobs bigger. So yeah, I don't know if she would have been so willing to take her breasts out because she's such a sexual person. She's probably like, "Oh, I need to be like sexy."
1: Yeah, it would affect her. Yeah, so yeah, because that would affect her sexuality. And like, I think like that could have been something they would—that would have been nice to see because, mm-hmm. on one hand, she, she doesn't really uh, need those parts they're taking out, because she's not planning on mothering anyone. But it's not, like, it's more than just, like, it's still taking parts of yourself, and also, yeah. it would affect your sex drive, and that's a huge thing for her. So I feel like that could have been explored well. I don't know. No, yeah, I think um, better than a mastectomy
0: would have been, like, a hysterectomy or something. I was thinking hysterectomy, yes. Yeah. That would have probably been, like, explained That would have explored all the things you're talking about. Yeah. Of like, she's definitely not going to have kids. But then how would she feel if she had to have her womb removed? Or even just her Mm -hmm. tubes tied. That's something that they could have touched on on the show. You know, because a lot of people do do that. um, Especially nowadays. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't that common back then. Mm -hmm. um, That you simply just don't want to have kids. So you go and get your tubes tied. Or you get your womb removed. (laughs) Your uterus. Um And yeah, and I feel like Samantha would have probably been down for that, actually. She'd have been like, yeah, I don't need... Because then she would have stopped having periods and... But is that, like, menopause? <laughs> I don't actually know. You're a Carrie. Um, <laughs> you're at least half. <laughs> what was it, Samantha and Carrie?
1: Samantha and Carrie. Okay, yes. Samantha so- separately, and then Samantha and Carrie. Mm, this is all you Wow. Tell us why you are the way you are, boobs. Well, she's clearly the main character and I am obviously the main character. Like Um, I'm the epitome of of the main character. You know what? We're all the main character in a way. Like, you know. I always tell my sister this, like everyone is the main character. It's just not every show will be picked up. You know? Oh. wow. Some people have different shows. Some shows will be on ABC. Some shows will be on HBO. It's like it's you know it's a question of where will your life story be shown, and will it be ordered to series? Um, that's a very interesting way of yeah, fra- technical <laughs>
0: business way of framing that.
1: Okay, back to Carrie. Back to Carrie. Um, <laughs> Carrie, Carrie, Carrie. She is Carrie Bradshaw. Carrie Bradshaw. Because I watched the Carrie Diaries years ago, mm-hmm. and that was the show I enjoyed. And I mean, I liked that one. She was more likable, in my opinion, in that one than this one. And, I mean, I already said before, I don't particularly hate Carrie because I know she's really, really disliked. But I don't really hate her the way people seem to hate her. But, like, she definitely... I mean, they hate her for a good reason. So, I <sighs> don't oh, know. Carrie, she's just, like, when you think about it, is kind of a horrible person. She's a horrible friend. She's very much a narcissist. Narcissist? Yeah. Mm. She is a very flawed character. And I also don't like... Like, her character... That Speaking about her character, yeah. Lots of flaws, I guess. But then also, with, I didn't like how her character arc ended. Like, ending up with Mr. Big. But I think we can... Like, when we talk about that, we can... Like, you can talk about... What do you think of her character?
0: Because that's mm. kind of a different thing. Oh, you want to... Okay, so... Well, a lot of what I think about her character does revolve around Big because... Oh, okay. Me too. Yeah. That was kind of her undoing for me. I feel like a lot of her nastiness and unlikable traits came out when she was with Big or when Big yep. was somewhere in the periphery of her current relationship <laughs> as he always was um so yeah i think at the beginning of the show it's like okay she's a writer uh, she's a journalist she writes a sex column that's all very fun and exciting um i'm like okay, i can see myself liking her but then her materialism first of all bothered me <laughs> a little bit um just cuz She's so into like shoes and she's very, and there's nothing wrong with being into shoes. Like if you like shoes and you like fashion, then that's cool. But for her, it was, it was more than that. It was not like, Oh, I just love shoes. It was, you know, shoes expensive shoes manolo blonics which first of all i'd never even heard of that brand before the show (laughs) but i'm a poor person so what do i know um (laughs) well in comparison to these people yeah um um, so yeah i didn't she seemed too like materialistic and too concerned with like status symbols you know like having the shoes and having up with the apartments and just being the it girl essentially Like, that's what she seemed to care about a lot. Um, And I wasn't a fan. And I think that's why she was so attracted to Mr. Big in the first place. Because the first time we see Mr. Big, it's, you know, Samantha introducing um, us to his character and saying, oh, (laughs) he's the next Donald Trump, which uh, that line did not age well, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) um but you can see what she's trying to say like he's the next big billionaire and so mr big kind of represents materialism and wealth you know he's an older rich white man he's very arrogant he's very aware that he's rich and yeah. you know and he always drives around in a slick black car with tinted windows like he's a fucking celebrity or some shit like <laughs> not down to earth or you know at all uh-huh. And um, so I read somewhere that, you know, he kind of represents New York. Uh-huh. Um, so he's like Mr. Big because it's like New York is the big city and the big apple and that sort of thing. So that's why he's referred to as Mr. Big. And I think that's so apt. And I think a lot of Carrie's initial attraction to him is because of that. And that's not a good foundation for any relationship,
1: is it? Yeah. So is this the show is based on... Book the books and the Uh writer of the book, um, Candace Bush. Candace Bushnell was actually the the book series actually came about because she used to be a column writer, a, a second column writer. So I'm going to assume that the character of Carrie is a self insert character. And yeah, when like so, for people like Bella from Twilight and even elena from vampires and other characters where they were where it seemed like they were self-inserted for the writers i mean apart from carrie being kind of just an awful character i feel like that's why because because when the when if you're self-inserting as a writer you know you're not going to see her the the character's flaws the way other people see it's you know um if someone else was to pick up these characters i don't think carrie would be the main character but because the writer you know wanted to put herself in it and she put Carrie and just made her the focal points and you know she was just blinded to some of the flaws that we as an audience see as we're receiving Carrie like that just makes her extra annoying and why people hate her even more because Mm -hmm. the story would obviously service her in a way it should not have
0: Carrie is just... I feel like Sarah Jessica Parker tried. I feel like she kind of makes Carrie likable a little bit because she's mm-hmm. she's a good actress and stuff. She's charming.
1: She does have charisma.
0: Yeah, she does. She has the charisma, uni- uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Carrie is very unlikable. And I think, well, the decision to make her the lead character kind of makes sense because like she's the more moderate one in the group like she's kind oh, of a yeah. combination of all three of the women yep. um so it's like oh she's kind of our she's kind of us and then we get to view new york and love and sex and relationships through her view. she knows everybody for some reason yeah she's yeah she, she's popping i don't know i mean <laughs> um don't know what to tell you but yeah her relationship with big was really just what amplified everything like their relationship was so fucking toxic i just hate them um <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't i don't really hate them as individuals but together it's like what yeah. the, like what is this like yeah they get together the first time and it's just a mess because Communication, actually, is their major problem initially. Big Mm -hmm. never tells her anything. He just wakes up one morning and he's like, well, actually, I'm flying to Paris tomorrow. (laughs) And I'm never coming back. I I guess I should have told you. (laughs) And then she gets upset he doesn't tell her like anything and her issues she doesn't tell him what upsets her so like he'll do something that pisses her off but she won't bring it up to him like there's an episode where she gets annoyed that he's like checking out other women Mm -hmm. when they're walking on the street but rather than just confront him the first time and be like what the fuck man like i'm literally standing here and you're looking at somebody else like something miranda would do miranda would be more upfront Carrie just, like, keeps quiet about it and lets it simmer in her spirit. <laughs> until eventually she explodes and lashes out and does something irrational. And then I actually feel a little bit sorry for Mr. Big in those moments because you can really see, like, the confusion in his face. What are, like, what is upset? Like, why? Where has this come from? Uh, in his defense, like, I kind of get why he's guarded or jaded because... He's just been through a divorce, so he's already fallen in love, gotten married, gone through a divorce, you know, there was Mm -hmm. infidelity, all that jazz, and now he's met Carrie and they're dating and stuff, so, like, I don't really blame him for not opening up to her Mm -hmm. too much, like, for instance, the whole situation with his mom, when Carrie finds out that he goes to church with his mom every Sunday and she's like oh won't you introduce me and he's like no actually my mom doesn't need to meet another one of my girlfriends (laughs) I actually think that's a fair thing to say like that's not crazy (laughs) yeah like I just started dating you it's not that serious I I don't want to introduce you to my mom what's so difficult to understand but then Carrie has issue with that, and rather than you know just have a conversation, she she sneaks into the church the next Sunday and like forces herself upon his mother. <laughs> and, oh, the god, she's so annoying. Why, like. And she she's so selfish as well. She does all these things without regard for him or what he wants. And she's so she's so not really, she's so self indulgent. <laughs> like yeah. if she wants something, then she's gonna like with the shoes. She's like, I want it, I got it, you know. <laughs> and I just really dislike that about her character.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It's like no girl respect his wishes. He literally said, I do not want you to meet my mother. <laughs> so then why are you in church the next Sunday meeting? Is like oh my god
1: it's uh, yeah I the relationship was just not like okay so I didn't like that she ended up with him and there was that scene at the end where you know he presented her with the closet these big beautiful closets and I think like I'm definitely you know reading too much into it or so, like Adding too much meaning to it, but it just it kind of rubbed me the wrong way because it's kind of like it's that thing where, cause okay, the show was about these four women. Like even Carrie wasn't even like necessarily the most progressive of them or the most independent, but mm-hmm. they were all you know in strong, independent women, feminists for the most part, and it was like that thing that they do in media sometimes where you know they make it a point to say okay so this character is you know she's a feminist she stands for this and that but how we're going to make her end up is that she's going to be in a in the traditionalist role and it's Mm. basically choice feminism where you know yes i believe in theory that women can do it all and be present and all that but I'm going to choose to stay at home and take care of the kids. And I'm, I know that Carrie did that. That's mm-hmm. why I said I think I'm ascribing too much meaning to that because that was no more happened exactly. But it was just, you know, I, even when I see people who, like the women who, they literally get PhDs and but stay at home and take care of the kids. It's like, why? Mm. What's the point? Like, that's why like choice feminism just has a comma and i even read that apparently in the original ending carrie was supposed to end up alone mm. and i feel like that would have been so revolutionary at the mm. time um if that happened and like one of the reasons why she would have been one of the ones i would have written to end up alone if or i would have wanted to end up to end up alone um if that had happened mm. because like i don't even think carrie shows that much growth as the show goes oh, no, on no, no now <laughs> i've just been much better
0: oh gosh yeah she does yeah. I, yeah I think that's why i can't see her ending up alone because like she doesn't evolve oh, in any significant yeah. way. Mm-hmm. so i'm like she just even though she dates all these different men and she just she she repeats all of her old patterns like in every relationship and just and i feel like she She also loves the drama of being in a chaotic chaotic relationship with Big. Definitely. They literally literally even, like, explored that on the show when she was with Aiden. God bless his heart. Um, (laughs) Bless your heart, Aiden. um, uh, Who was just not even ready for what that woman put him through. (laughs) He wasn't even remotely prepared. Yeah. But, like her relationship with Aiden was going so well and she would wake up in the middle of the night in cold sweats because like she was she was a fiend and she needed her next hit of drama <laughs> and there was no drama in her relationship and and that was keeping her up at night like how can how can the fact that your life is carefree be
1: keeping you up at night <laughs> oh my god another way that perhaps i am a carry um Spotify wrapped they said my music aura was um what did what was this again it said comforting and dramatic and i'm like perhaps i do like drama in it. like i do but not when i'm involved in it oh.
0: look at buzzfeed and spotify really letting you know, we, know about yourself
1: <laughs> boobs
0: is like am i the drama <laughs> i don't think i'm the drama maybe i am oh my goodness <laughs> oh my god yeah, Carrie Carrie's a such a wild person. Like she loves the drama, and so I think that's another reason why I could not see her by herself because she would literally I feel like she would combust if she didn't yeah. have a man in her mm-hmm. <laughs> to fill her life with. that's why she writes about relationships in her column. Like she's so fascinated by it, and um, she's she's nasty because. There's the scene where she's in the bed with Big and he rolls over and knocks her off the bed. And in that episode, she had been complaining to her friends and to herself that Big is not letting her in. And she feels like he's not making space for her in his life. And so, but she, again, she doesn't tell Big this. So when, yeah. he, so when he accidentally knocks her off the bed in the middle of the night, she wakes up and she's screaming and she literally punches him in the face. And I think at that moment I was like, "Wow, she's actually a monster <laughs> like, like this is domestic abuse like I know we don't say frame it that way because it's a woman hitting a man, but yeah, how can you fucking punch someone in the face like when they've just woken up from sleep like they're not even like, they're not even fully conscious and you have just assaulted them there's no way he could have seen it coming or blocked or dodged or whatever like even though she's not that strong like the elements of surprise <laughs> is enough <laughs> to you know do damage and she just punches him and then apologizes and, and gets some ice and she's like oh well <laughs> and then he forgives her and like all is well Mr. Big has issues, but I'm like, if I'm Mr. Big, right, and I'm dating this woman after I've gotten a divorce and I don't even know if I like her that much and she punches me in the fucking face, I'm definitely not letting her meet my mom. Like, what? Right? And then she... So, she breaks up with Big twice um, before she gets with Aiden. And um, her and Aiden Aiden were never going to make it, like, they were so different i don't even know yeah. what he saw in her or even what she saw in him why did they even like each other i can't say maybe
1: they were physically attracted to each other were they i don't... She was quite good looking i mean obviously she's also good looking i have no idea i guess
0: and then big comes back into her life and just she's a fucking mess it's it's sad they start an affair And I think the affair was just the final nail in the coffin for for Carrie as a character in my eyes. You know, okay. You know what I hate about Carrie? And this gets summed up in the storyline with Natasha later on. But Carrie is one of those people who thinks she's a good person, but it's actually not. Mm -hmm. And that really irritates me. I think that irritates me the most about her.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: not even her obsession with shoes and drama and all but it's she actually in her mind she's the protect she's the main character. She's the hero of this story. <laughs> and she's so far from it and the the affair storyline really just illustrates that. Um, so Curry
1: her physical appearance <laughs> I feel like because her. of that she has been lied to. That's um <laughs> Because how, obviously, she's really disliked by the audience. So, Mm -hmm. you know, people see her for what she is, the horrible person that she is. But as a character, and because there are other characters that kind of like her, that I just think they have this wrong opinion of themselves. Because, you know, when you think, I don't know, she has... "Quote unquote innocent looking um, appearance. Like she's kind of petite. She's blonde. She's a white woman. She doesn't look particularly menacing. Menace- menacing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. See, that that is my fetishization. Even though I also can't really say that no. word. <laughs> um, but yeah, she doesn't have a particularly menacing look. Um, intimidating look. So, it's she, she, and even like that might not be how she's received by the people around her. So Mm. that might also inform her opinion of herself. Like, oh, you know, they probably see me as a good, beautiful, nice person. And I say beautiful because for some reason, people forgive beautiful beautiful people for the wrong they do. So this might also be another reach, but I feel like her appearance, her physical appearance also is part of the reason why she has this. Inflates also so sense of self and things mm. higher for self like oh she's good like no you're just physically attractive yeah definitely I feel like um
0: the pretty privilege you know plays a part in it it's like oh yeah. you know pretty people they get away with a bunch of stuff you know it's the halo effect that people think we like we all think that people who are more attractive are better you, like they're yes. smarter they're more mm-hmm. confident they're more angelic whereas people who are unattractive or ugly are immediately viewed as evil you know they're mm-hmm. the villains and the monsters and stuff so definitely there's a bit of that and i think even i mean we're saying that the audience hates her but there's some people who love Carrie and who think "Well, oh, that's yeah, true that's true i'm a Carrie. like they fully <laughs> identify with they're her proud of like, it. girl that's not something to brag about right but um but yeah, and her size is a good thing as well because the fact that she's so petite is why she could punch my dude in the face. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And it would play off as comedy rather than, you know. Exactly. Kind of assault or domestic
0: violence. Battery, assault and battery in the first degree. <laughs> um, and side note, if the size, like, big is so much bigger than her. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this is a bit of a reach, but like. The fact I don't know they almost have a daddy daughter relationship (laughs) in a way because it's even like the way maybe just because he says kid which I know people say that casually is like a term of endearment right but the fact that he's considerably older than her he's like ten maybe fifteen years older than her they never really say how old he is he's bigger than her he's a lot bigger than her in Mm -hmm. stature and then he refers to her as kid and. if, like, when they're together, he's obviously taking care of her financially and paying all the bills and, you know, funding her shoe habits. It's just... I, don't, I just don't like those dynamics.
1: <laughs> I just remember that in the Carrie Diaries, Sebastian used to call Carrie kid. Oh, did they do that too? Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, that's not the same because they were obviously both teenagers. It wasn't the same, though. In the same Yeah, they were the same class, I think. Mm, so they were just it's trying to dynamic. do a cute thing yeah see so in that situation it's cute i wouldn't i didn't even think twice about that but in this context i just all the i don't know all of these little things put together it's giving me the ick not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> i don't like this yeah because um, like aiden is also a lot bigger than carrie but i feel like the dynamic isn't really that um so their whole relationship is icky and I kind of think they deserve each other. At the end, when they end up together, I'm like, yeah, these two people would kind of be compatible in their chaos. Like, how do you sleep with someone's husband, break up their marriage, and then you force the wife to he- to hear your I'm sorry? Like, what? Who is this for? This is clearly not for her. This is for you. And that's what I mean when I say Carrie thinks she's such a lovely person, but she's trash. Because yeah. if you actually had empathy <laughs> like you would put yourself in her shoes and and know that yeah the last person you'd want to see is the woman who fucked your husband ah! for this episode we're gonna do things a little bit different we're gonna mix it up
1: <laughs> <gonna> be
0: revolutionary <laughs> we're gonna talk about <laughs> how sex and the city would be different if it was made today in the year 2021 yeah Because, you know, there is a reboot, but, like, it's not Sex and the City anymore. It's called something else. What's it called? And Just Like That, I think Mm, is the title. Yeah. Also, it's the same women, so it's not, Mm -hmm. like, a younger
1: generation.
0: It's just a continuation. Yeah. And they're not going to be having that much sex because they're all married with kids.
1: Yeah.
0: I sent this to you in a message, like, um, I don't feel like we have a Sex and the City of our generation, really. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people talk about the show Girls and like that is the Sex and City of our generation, but it's not the same. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I mean, they still have you know four white women as the protagonists, even though it was yeah. made in fucking. I'm <laughs> 2012. Did, did they live in New York? They lived in New York as well. Oh yeah, yeah that's. <laughs> it definitely borrows heavily from the original, but tone is different. And, like, the the sense of humor is... It's also a comedy, but the, the humor is kind of different. Um, And it's focused more on millennials, I think. It's, like, how millennials are viewed and, you know, millennials being entitled is one of the core themes of the show, whereas Sex in the City wasn't so much about that generation. What? Just as women. Yeah, just as women. So it's a bit... Yeah. It's kind of universal in that way, whereas mm-hmm. I feel like something like the show girls probably isn't going to age very well because it was so heavily based on millennials and hipster culture in like new yeah. york so i don't know if 20 years from now people are going to be talking about lena dunham's character in girls that
1: much right now, people don't really talk about it that well right? like, it already hasn't aged well it's people, already it, obsolete um, it's, yeah oh no okay yeah
0: if sex in the city were made today boobs what are some things that you would change? What are some topics you would cover? I think we've already said a few things, though, you know, we think should have been covered even
1: back then. But mm-hmm.
0: what, what else?
1: If it was made today, in order for it to be revolutionary in the way it was revolutionary in 1998, it would mm. literally have to be an entirely different show, <laughs> yeah. entirely different cast, mm. because, like in 2021, there's nothing revolutionary about a bunch of white women showing their boobs on TV. It's like, you can, there's so many issues like that nowadays. Um, So the diversity would have to be so much. And actually, the sex wouldn't even have to be so explicit because I feel like right now, explicit sex on TV isn't revolutionary anymore. Like, mm. I don't even think there can be, like, just, just in terms of how revolutionary it was when it comes to how people re- how we relate with sex or talk about yeah. sex i don't think it's possible to even do that nowadays like if anything it would regress because i feel like yeah it's not it wouldn't be shocking to be explicit on tv anymore that's almost mm-hmm. the norm nowadays But if it's in terms of a show about older women because even, even even um a show about older women like grace and frankie mm-hmm. i mean it's completely not like texting in the city and the city but one of the things that was great about Sex and City was the fact that the main characters were in their 30s and 40s but then we have a show like Grace and Frankie now where the women are in I think in their 70s like they're much older so we have that covered also I thought how would you even make I mean, obviously the obvious things diversity in every way yeah. race, sexuality and so on and so forth mm-hmm. especially if they're living in New York cause, yeah like ugh, come on guys it's so hard to be revolutionary nowadays. It seems like everything has been done. Um, I think there are a lot of topics that they could have covered that they didn't.
0: Um, so oh, like yeah. now we would talk about, yeah, like polyamory and stuff, like we mentioned with Samantha.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I
0: think definitely one of the women or a couple of them would have had uh, open relationships, you know, or like situationships and like a roster. And um Ooh, random thing, but Carrie would wouldn't smoke. She'd probably she you maybe weed, but yeah, not. Yeah, I actually wrote that down. I think she she'd probably vape because I think vaping is a bit more glamorous than weed. Um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, you said there would be less nudity,
1: but I think there might actually be more nudity. I <laughs> in that. comparison to shows nowadays. I mean, oh yeah, they definitely could have showed more on text and in, in the city. Or just uh, like you know, because. It was revolutionary at the time. So, in order for it to be like revolutionary now, so many shows are already like so explicit. Like, it stood out then because shows weren't doing that. But now shows are already doing that. So, it's like, if everybody will wear turtlenecks, they're going to be so covered up. That's revolutionary for 2021.
0: But yeah, I feel like more, if it was made now, definitely more nudity. We didn't even see like a penis fully. We'll see penises
1: every other episode yeah like in game of thrones we <laughs> see would see more of those assholes maybe
0: mm, yeah even those um
1: <laughs> all of the body parts all the this or- episode things. needs to be described as really explicit like all the episodes are explicit but this one like double double explicit uh, triple x um <laughs> r-rated um what else
0: uh, oh, I was also thinking there would be more storylines about consent if this was yes. made today, because I don't think and they CDs. talked about that at all. <laughs> like these women were just going around having sex, and everything was hunky dory, and they said no, and men actually respected them. <laughs> I feel like, especially in New York, which is such a hostile place, like it's not this sort of fairy tale little commune <laughs> where people know each other and respect each other. Yeah. Um. They, they talk they handled street harassment on the show like they had an episode of that but i think mm-hmm. consent would definitely after me too definitely definitely
1: maybe they even will... sexual assault but i don't that might be too dark for yeah it. i was thinking that but then i'm never satisfied with the way most shows do it so i'm like mm. why, why why give them that challenge online dating
0: oh yes online yeah dating apps yeah definitely yeah, that would be that would be most of the show if it was made today. It would be about Bumble versus Hinge versus OK Cupid or whatever the hell is Cat out fishing. there. Catfishing, catfishing, yeah. But on Sex and the City, they did a really good job of exploring different not kinks, but like little you know, like sexual proclivities that people had, like porn addiction. They talked about that. They talked about butt stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think they w- we would do kinks as well but like the kinks would be different you know more of like niche stuff like they would really push the envelope because butt stuff isn't really i guess it's technically a kink but like nowadays it's not
1: like treated as such it Almost is, I've, i saw someone refer to that as vanilla and i was like yeah. what what boy so yeah butt stuff
0: is like very blasé right now so we would, we would explore some other interesting kinks and i have a few here um uh, <laughs> there's something called i don't even know how to pronounce it vorophilia which, uh. is, which is basically you know the eating people kind of thing it's the um not actually eating people but you know talking about how you love to eat Eat up your partner, like, mm, you're so yummy, I could just <laughs> like gobble you up, sort of vibe. Because um, that was um, very prominent recently in the news because of the whole army hammer situation um, and him wanting to eat people and talking about that. So, definitely, a Sex and the City Mate today would explore that kink and, you know, how it works. Um, and hopefully, you know, try and destigmatize it. Um,
1: should we destigmatize it?
0: I think, well, from <laughs> what I understand, I read an article in Allure about it and it's not actually eating people. Like, it's not cannibalism, but it's just like, oh... I don't know. It's like I feel
1: like this is where the
0: shame thing should come <laughs> in. No. <laughs> well, yeah, not all kinks are created equal. I will say that. Some of them are actually very creepy but i think this one i actually kind of understand it's like i don't know how to explain it because like i don't experience this but i imagine it's just like wanting to it's like when you see a baby you know how people see babies and they're like oh you're so cute i could just no. like eat I, mean, I say cheeks. that
1: all the time but exactly okay. i guess it's, it's actually kind no, of... i'm not going to relate to this or if you see so boobs maybe
0: you're already experiencing mild you know so, it's, you know, it's not, it's not a literal, I will eat you, but, you know, it's like, oh, you're so delicious.
1: <laughs> no, but, but, like, that sounds so weird.
0: But people say that. Or, you know how people always compare their partners to food, you know, they're
1: talking about, mm, dark, like, new chocolate man. I mean, mm. I find that so weird also. Because even, even comparing it to the babies, like, how, you know, they're so cute when it was just, like, bite their cheeks. It's kind of like how, okay, daddy... As a word, mm. it's like not all daddies are created equal. Yeah. You know, they're the daddy, like, oh, this is my father, and then they're the ooh daddy, give me yeah. your penis. I was, yeah,
0: oh god, you yeah. I was
1: gonna, uh, I was gonna talk about that too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sentence was so terrible, but um, yes. So like, that's another kink I think they would explore is like age play. Is what is called interesting. Huh. Yeah, with like the daddy and the baby, which is what made me think about, you know, C- Carrie and Big. I think a modern <laughs> iteration of them would might have that explored as part of the storyline more overtly whereas i feel like they kind of did some subtle references to age play with them in the sex and city we have now so i think a modern one would explore that but age play is actually so fucking common and i don't know why (laughs) because personally i'm not a fan i don't understand where the impulse
1: comes from (laughs) because there's something that is apparently attractive about youth to men and i mean i guess certain people because not all pedophiles are men which is why you know pedophilia is a thing and is mm-hmm. why the younger, the better is also a thing for certain people. But like, so like the two, in age play, the two people could be
0: like the same age, but still have a dynamic where it's like, oh, one person calls the other person baby, which is very yeah. common. People are always like, oh, baby, oh, daddy. Uh-huh. It's even in songs and stuff like it's so, and I don't know why. And it almost feels slightly incestuous. Um, So, yeah, I feel like a new sex in the city would explore that, definitely, because that is so, so common. But they'd have to be really tactful about it because you don't want to, like, kink shame people. and (laughs) (laughs) That word again. Um, I think, yeah, I think we actually really need a good sex in the city with the diversity and all the other issues fixed that would actually be really really helpful <laughs> because people are lost in th- these streets it's hard out here
1: for a pimp so that's the second episode on sex in the city we hope you enjoyed it don't forget to follow us on tiktok instagram and twitter at hostel underscore 43 and let us know what you think You can rate and review this podcast if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and if you're listening on Spotify, then you can answer the question we leave in the episode description. Thank you and see you next time.